Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. I'm Michael Morgan, he's Chisanga Mulata. We're without the uh, inimitable G and Cairo says they've got shit to do. But welcome, welcome. This is Shots Fired. Even though there are only two of us, we're going to bring it to you straight, no chaser, with all the barrels. What's going on anyway, Chisanga? Happy Malcolm X Day to you, my brother. Yes, happy Malcolm X Day. A day that I don't think is celebrated enough and to the extent that it should be. But I'm, I'm well, Mike. The sun is shining, although we had some thunder and lightning earlier today in London, but I'm good. I'm blessed, you know. No complaints. Uh, crazy weekend of fights last last weekend. Uh, but yeah, and there's more good fights coming up this weekend as well. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Our cup runneth over. We've never had it so good. When you think about it, in terms of back-to-back action, yeah, you're right. This weekend is pretty action-packed. But before we get there, just screw Going back to Malcolm X, I'm quite intrigued to know because I know my entry into this was uh, ever so slightly late in the game. But Malcolm X, when you discover about Malcolm X, what does he actually hold in your memory? What does he do for you when you hear those words? Just gives me a motivation and inspiration that I I can do anything. I've, I've actually listened to to some speeches from Malcolm just. Well, even during lockdown, when like like as you know that I told you I was unhappy in my previous employment and 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 what have you, and just mm. yeah, just just motivation, inspiration, and as I said, he's 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 a civil rights leader who I don't think gets enough enough credit and enough praise. Perhaps that's down to the way that he's been portrayed by um, by media outlets who wanted to portray him as a radical, which I think is a successful image, but I. I implore any anybody of uh, of, of color of, of or anybody just in general to to truly look into Malcolm X and and just know that he wasn't this radical that he was he was painting out to be. Like they tried to do that with um, Martin Luther King, and they did that to a certain extent, but it was only after his death that Martin Luther King was really given given his props. But I I urge people you need to educate yourself on uh, on Brother Malcolm. I think you know, just to add to what you were saying that I actually came into knowing Malcolm X pretty late because I don't know about you, but at my school, it wasn't the emphasis wasn't on black history to the extent where you got the whole experience. You got snippets. You probably got a afternoon of Malcolm, uh, sorry, of Martin Luther King, and you maybe got a morning of slavery and like it was a smidgen and this is you know kind of like a real glancing uh touch upon slavery and um it, it sounded like it was uh, a little bit tough but you know the black people got through it is how it was presented it wasn't until i actually left school when it was through uh rap music that i rediscovered the true meaning of black history and the richness of it in particular it was malcolm x 
um, that really struck and stuck with me. To be honest with you, we all know that there are two Malcolms. You know, let's not paint this to be uh, something that it ain't. There is uh, the white devil hating Malcolm X. And then there is the, you know, as a black nation, as a black people, we can strive and survive if we keep our heads cool and keep our eyes frontwards, never looking backwards, always striving to improve upon ourselves, with ourselves, for ourselves. Now, that kind of like has resonance because one of the things that Malcolm X said, which influenced and has like underpinned what happens at WoTV. Now, WoTV has been going, what, 11 years? Now, okay, there are many iterations of that. And there are many spin-offs in terms of the tangible assets. And that is the podcast, the website, uh, the YouTube channel. Now, the thing that kind of like underpinned all of that for me was when Malcolm said, why are we begging for crumbs off the other man's table? Why don't we make a table for ourselves?" And that's what kind of inspired me to stop chasing the BBC dream, having had a taste for that, having had the shows presented to me as though I was going to actually present it when in fact, no, I was actually rocking up on somebody else's show. And then they played tag, either telephone or meeting tag with me. And then I thought, no, in the words of Malcolm, I'm going to actually hold true to the essence and true meaning of what this man actually stands for, and that self-sufficiency, standing up on your own two feet, not relying for handouts. So yeah, it's Malcolm X Day, so happy Malcolm X Day. But as usual, we both are bringing, um, on behalf of G and Kairos, as the, you know, the fact is, they aren't able to actually join us today. We're bringing two subjects each to the table. And um, I think, you know, before we get there though, um, the, the thing I would say about this whole like kind of notion of doing for self and self-sufficiency it is a testimony to have you on board, my brother. It's a testimony to have Kairos on board, my brother. And it's a testimony and a pleasure to have G on board, my brother my sister actually helped me live that dream. So thank you to all of you. It's a pleasure, man. And I can speak for, I know I can uh, safely speak on behalf of the other two when I say that it's an honor, it's a pleasure. We love, we love you. And uh, let's my do this brother. for many, many, many more years to come. Okay. Yeah, me emotional so. shit, right? At the start of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going down, I can see this shit. I'm going to be tears streaming out my eyes soon. <laughs> now that the loving is actually uh, settled, I think it's only right, Sinazo, you know, you are my brother in arms, that you, you go first. What is the first thing that you actually bring into the table? Okay, well, I'm kind of, well, G and uh, Kairos are going to dra drag me for this one because I'm dipping into the boxing world for this because I'm sure, well, this is, this is, this news is just, well, it's, it's global news. We all know that anti-Joshua is meant to be thrown down with Tyson Fury in August 14th, but brother Deontay Wilder's come out, come back from the dead with the, with his legal case. The judges ruled that he has to fight him by September 15th. And uh, AJ, who's normally very calm and very reserved. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true to the, the true AJ that we, that we know. I think he's become somewhat media, media trained and media savvy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Joshua has hit back. He's hit back at Tyson Fury literally just before we started recording. And I'm going to read out his, uh, his tweet. 
And bearing in mind, we, like as as I as I preface, this is Anthony Joshua, who's normally calm, cool, reserved. He doesn't rise to debate. He just lets people mire in the mud. He doesn't he doesn't get involved in that. So, Anthony Joshua tweeted okay. at five to eight. He tweeted at Tyson Fury: "The world now sees you for the fraud you are. You've let boxing down. You've lied to the fans and led them on. Use my name for clout, not a fight." Bring me any championship fighter who can handle their business correctly. Oof. Now, no, no cuss words. No talking about anybody's mama. No talking about anybody's wives or, or, or what have you. But Anthony Joshua just went scorched earth there. And I think he's got a point. He's got a point when it comes to this because... Tyson Fury and his team believed that they were no longer contractually entitled to, uh, obliged, sorry, to give Deontay Wilder a trilogy fight. Now, oh. yeah, that's, that, that's, so that's, that's why this ruling, point. that's why this ruling was so, well, was, 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 uh, was not groundbreaking, but it, it shook waves. It shook waves. It, it, it shook the boxing world, shook the combat sports world. Now, I think Mr. Anthony Joshua has a point because if you're a Tyson Fury and you are pursuing the biggest fight in arguably the last 20 to 30 years of British boxing and the biggest fight, it was going to be the biggest fight of the decade. I know the decade's very, very young right now, but wouldn't you make sure that you have in writing and that you have it sorted out that you are no longer contractually obliged to give Wilder a trilogy fight? And I, for one, I, I, I agree with Anthony Joshua's thoughts. I think that Tyson Fury has for lack of a better term, done fucked up. So <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on it, Mike? Because I'm interested because I know you're not truly immersed in the boxing world as much as I am. So yeah. I'm interested to, not necessarily, you're not a casual or whatever, but I'm interested to get a, a perspective from outside the boxing bubble. My brother, we had the loving at the top of the hour. It's time think for things to turn sour. Brother, <laughs> you've been had. You've been hoodwinked. You've been bushwhacked. You have been bamboozled, in the words of Malcolm X, because you and I know that the affairs of Tyson Fury are handled by his handlers, are handled by the people, the advisors around him. He does not touch any of that. He does what he is contracted to do, turn up after a hard training session and fight. Now, what actual what actually is going on here is a bit of posturing a bit of bravado a lot of um well i would say a lot you know that anthony joshua is basically just cosmetically cosmetically big brothering tyson fury because anthony joshua will know who handles his affairs, who advises him. On the mirror side of that, he will know that happens on the flip side. So he knows what's gone down here. His handlers, and that is Tyson Fury's handlers, has done fucked up. But Anthony Joshua has seized on this as an opportunity to buoy him off. Now, we know that's uh, UK parlance for big brothering, for yeah. parring, for basically trying to sun uh, Tyson Fury and that's what's going on here and fair play to him because most people looking in on this most observers on Twitter will see someone being chiefed up someone who was giving it the biggie or the Billy Big Bollocks about I'm here to prove that I'm the undisputed and come August we're going to see who's the man and all of this and that and rare 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 tear 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 but 
you, I, and Anthony Joshua knows who's actually calling the shots here, who's actually handling business in the background. I agree with you, um, that sentiment to a certain extent. And where, well, not necessarily a grievance, I don't have a grievance with what you're saying. Where I pick holes in that argument is the fact that this is the biggest fight of, I've, I said 30 years, but arguably it's the biggest fight of the last 40 or 50 years in, in, in British boxing in terms of uh, the, the global reach of the fight. But if I was in that position personally, I would want to in writing. I would not. I would not pursue another fight if I had this this cloud, like <laughs> these clouds that have been over London for the last few days. Obviously, you have, our viewers won't know, but you know what the weather's been like here. This, these dark clouds of Deontay Wilder hanging over me. I would say I want to in writing. I want it sorted out first before going out and pursuing the fight and chatting a lot of breeze. <laughs> But you know how it is. You know when people represent you. You know when you respect somebody on a level where what they say is gospel. You, for example, I wouldn't question you for a second if you told me, don't even look outside, Mike, but the sky is green. I wouldn't even look outside a second. <laughs> it. Okay, let's get on the podcast and talk about this. I'm yeah. not even going to look out there. So. Yeah. He's in exactly the same boat. These are people who he rolls with. These are people who handle his affairs day in, day out. He's not going to question that, just as I wouldn't question you. True, fair enough. But also, I mean, I, I love how, as you said, he sunned him, but he did it without any insults. He just, <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's, he's a calm and calculated brother as well. But he, he like, there, there's times when uh, when the bit of the roads come out on him. It, it's, they're very few and far between, but I do like it. And I was hoping that, well, I, I don't think the fight's going to happen, well, until December now, but if Fury gets past Wilder. But I was just hoping that we'd see that glimpse of, like, the, the Anthony Joshua. I don't know if you saw the press conference when he was in New York. Uh, he was facing off with Jarrell, Big Baby Miller, and the road man came out there. The, the, the old shutter, <laughs> the old shutter came out there, bruv. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to that happening eventually, if it does. And anyway, we'll move on. What have you got next? Come on. Hit Don't me with move on. Because let's just, for common viewership and common listenership, just establish <laughs> one thing. I am in the corner of Tyson Fury. I think if that fight goes down, oh, I'm, willing to bet, I'm willing to bet good money that, Tyson Fury actually sends him to the sunken place. Anthony Joshua will be, put it this way, um, collecting his soul off the canvas nah, and being stretched off. No, nah, I, I know there's this, this narrative that Tyson is the supremely better boxer. And yes, I, I'd say yes, he's a, he's a naturally better boxer, but I wholeheartedly believe, and I, the listeners can come at me for, for saying this and the, the viewers of this can come at me. I wholeheartedly believe that Anthony Joshua knocks out Tyson Fury within six rounds. A hundred percent. Within six rounds. Six rounds. Six rounds. Oh no, it's going to be, right. No, it's either going to be round six or it's going to be round eight. That Those are my, those are my two. But okay. either way, either way, he gets the job done. We are going to revisit this conversation <laughs> if indeed that they do, um, well, they do eventually get in the ring. Just one point of interest for me, again, you are the boxing aficionado, so I'm relying on your say-so. 
let's just imagine um, there was a scenario where step aside money was being discussed. Yeah, is that yeah. not something that could be brought into this in terms of we know what their paydays are going to be? I thought it was. 60 and 80 million respectively, right? So one's getting 60, the other is getting 80, right? I, th- I think that's that's what's been reported. But I think, right. yeah, I, I think Joshua might be getting a bit more of the lion's share because he's the he has the more more belts and he's the bigger, he's the A side, like believe it or not. So in order to collect 50 million, why doesn't Tyson Fury give um, Deontay Wilder 10 million? Well, there is that, that is, he would make if he actually sat or actually stood in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. There, there is discussions about that step aside money. Apparently, um, Wilder wants, I think it's between 14 to 17 million. Now, that's a give it to him. Yeah, no, of course. I know. I'm, I'm completely with you. I'm completely with you. Like, if you don't want to take that fight and if you are deadly serious about if you're, I'm, and, I'm I'm speaking to Tyson Fury now because this is how he talks. <laughs> That's a good impression. I know you like that. I know That's you like That's a wicked that. impression. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. If you're that serious about taking the fight, just ask your handlers for more money. Just ask your handlers for more money and then pay him off and then step up and fight, fight Anthony Joshua. Because if you don't do that and you fight Deontay Wilder and then it transpires that you your team didn't want, didn't want to give him uh, whatever, give into his demand, you're just going to look like a, like a chief, to be honest. This is yeah. heresy, I know. But if I was AJ, I'd say, look, here's 10 million. And you, Tyson Fury, you stump up with ten million. Yeah. That's twenty million. I it's think twenty million. That, I think these, never these ever conversations see. are that they're, they're they're going on, but right, right now they, to see if it can be salvaged. But Joshua's team are also looking towards uh, a mandatory defense of the WBO title against Alexander Usyk because at the end of the day, they have to prepare for Joshua to fight in August, regardless, because he would yeah. be out for well. Well, he fought last in, in December, but he wants to get back to fighting twice a year because he's only fought mm. once, once last year. And then, well, he fought twice the, the previous year. But I mean, yeah, no, I, I completely understand. But it's not on Anthony Joshua to do this. It's on Tyson Fury's team to get this sorted. And going back to my point, it's on Tyson Fury to make sure that he wasn't contractually obliged to give him that trilogy fight. Okay. All right, what I'm bringing to the table this week is... Caitlin Chukagan, we've all seen the timeline stills. We've all seen the moving images. We've all visited the like tweets. I know I have, and I say with my chest, I enjoyed what was there because come on, it wasn't as though it was your um, archetypal or typical British porn. Come on, come on, Giza. Giza, fuck me in the ass. Come on, mate. Go on, harder. harder. <laughs> fuck me harder. It wasn't any, it wasn't any of that trash. We're talking like premium Nubian princesses in there. It was, I feel, tasteful. Now, I would have actually dealt with this differently. And my question to you this week is, let's just imagine just for a second, you are head of the firm, the PR, the handler for Caitlin Chukagan. How do you advise her to actually deal with that? How do you advise her to come out in terms of what statements she makes? And how do you actually, um, what's your damage limitation strategy on this? Go. But is it damaging though? Like that a person likes pornography? Do you like, I mean, it's human. You're in charge, boss. You're in charge. Take it away. What's your strategy? 
What's okay? So if man, all right, I'm I'm gonna for argument's sake, I'm gonna replace Caitlin Shakagan with with um no no I'm not I'm not even gonna do I'm not even gonna do that like the, the, I I think she played it perfectly or her team played it perfectly that that, that she got hacked or or whatever but I mean the the account has been well allegedly been compromised for I don't know how long and we like I'm sure we'll discuss this uh coming up and that there are some questionable very questionable tweets there for from years ago so I mean I, I do you know what like I I would have just loved it if she had just come out and just and just said you know what yeah I like those I, I like those those videos but personally do you know what I like I know everybody in the um in the MMA Twitter world is 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 laughing at the prospect of Caitlin Shukagan going through uh Twitter porn and just like search like typing in black porn and then <laughs> I'm laughing even just saying it and then just liking stuff but it's more than likely that she didn't actually make the, make those like like or, or like like those tweets or, or or what have you it's it's more than likely and what makes me think that is because didn't she did uh Shikagan, she fought valentina shevchenko for the title when did she fire it was last year at some was it last year or the year before I thought it was the year before, but my memory is hazy of okay. last year. Okay, but because of, uh, because of COVID. Oh man, uh, t- tell me about it. But I, if her account wasn't hacked, oh man, I, I, and I don't know, I haven't gone back all, all this all this way and uh, the t- all, all this way down her tweets. I, I don't have time to <laughs> to do that. But some people in MMA Twitter do, and obviously, if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't see people scumbaggery and people's bad behavior from years gone by. But anyway, I'm digressing. I think that her account was was truly hacked because you would see her hyping up her fight with Valentina Shevchenko, the biggest fight of her career on Twitter. You would see more of that. And I saw absolutely nothing in the build-up, absolutely nothing. So that leads me to believe that the account was compromised. So, but in terms of damage control, like, come on, man, you, you know me, I'm just like a, a straight shooter. If I was like, you know, the head of PR for him, I'd just like, yeah, yeah, did that shit. Do you know? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> if I did it, if I did it, yeah. But... But I think it's only it's only really, and, and it pains me to say this, and I'm, I'm not trying to be divisive or in or any way, shape, or form whatsoever. But if this was a male fighter that whose account had uh, been liking these things, this wouldn't be an issue. Nobody would be making any of the like making an issue of it whatsoever. And I mean, right. if 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 it was truly Caitlyn that was liking this stuff, she's entitled to like whatever the hell she wants on Twitter and not be judged. This is the 21st century. People need to stop having such archaic views and think that oh, women can't enjoy pornography. It's it's not it's not becoming of them. No, hell yeah, they can. I encourage it. Go look at whatever you want as long as it's legal and and what have you. So. But yeah, if 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 it was me, I'd just no, I'd just be like, yeah, just just own up to it, own up to it. Like, but apparently it wasn't. And shout out to my man Oscar Willis for asking the all important questions, doing God's work at the yep. press conference in, in uh, Houston on uh, Sunday morning. It was, would have been Sunday morning for us, but yeah, shout out to him. Oscar Willis is a G. He asked the questions we all wanted the answer to. I would spin it differently. If I was her PR, I would. 
I would claim that, I would lay claim to her. Look how popular her fight, the anticipation of her fight, her name on the timeline, people talking about her, the anticipation of what she was going to tweet next when yeah. people were kind of like, did she do it? Didn't she do it? This was before Oscar got in there with the all important question. Look how popular a fighter that she has become. Look how easily her name was tripling, tripping off people's tongues. And look, in terms of interest, for me personally, that was one of the fights that I had to tune in, I had to see. Yeah. Now, own that. If that was you, own it. If it wasn't you, own it. If I was her PR, I'd say the way that we're going to deal with it is this. We are going to get back and wrestle back control of your Twitter, which is easy. Support at twitter.com is a very easy and um, quite, um, uh, well, I suppose, accessible thing to type into yeah, your email yeah. uh, to actually get back control. Once you've got back control, then you populate the timeline with more provocative tweets. Yeah, like yes, as explicit. Yeah, exactly. Ride the wave. Make sure that you're on the crescendo. Make sure that this PR, which has been built up, doesn't go to waste. Never, ever, never miss an opportunity to capitalize on a crisis. That's how I was raised. That's how I believe that this should have actually been turned into. And... This is the cynic in me, but I'm feeling quite, um, I suppose, conflicted because when you do look back now to those tweets that we discovered because of the interest around her Twitter account, the tweets that have a more than suggestive nature about her um, I suppose racist phraseology and possibly her leaning towards racist phraseology. There are things in there, chocolate daddy phraseology, um, the word nigger point uh, picked up, or sorry, um, the word nigger actually popped up quite a few times. But in common parlance, for some people, she gets the pass because she's one of the boys. She is one of the, the crew. If that were a black fighter saying that, would she have attracted so much heat? Now, let's not dwell on that because I think that, you know, we would be here all day as to who gets a pass and who doesn't. Yeah. But to explain that away, in about, well, if I remember rightly, when that was tweeted, it was at a time when whilst it wasn't the accepted norm, it wasn't as heated a debate whether you could or you couldn't say as a white person. Yes, yeah you'd get like the side eye, but it wouldn't be like a full blown argument. Look, we're in 2021 now because it wasn't 2021. It was back in the day when she made that. So I would explain it away like this. This came out at a time when it was almost common parlance. My brethren, the people who I rolled with, found that acceptable. We laugh about that at the time. Maybe in hindsight, maybe not the politically correct thing to do, but I feel as though that person that I was then is not the person that I am now because I'm taking people's feelings into it. I haven't changed as an individual. I'm still that same person, but I'm taking people's feelings into it. And the strength of feeling what people have actually impressed upon me says that I'm offending them. As a black person hearing that, seeing that, feeling that, mm -hmm. it's not palatable. And I wholeheartedly apologize to every single person that 
I offended. Boom, own it, own it on both counts. Yeah, I think there was an issue a few, not even a few years ago, that somebody dug up old tweets from Cody Garber, and I think when he was like 15 or 16. Um, and where, where is he from? Is he from, no, he's not from California. Is he from Ohio? But anyway, I mean, like you say, like we, we all know 15 or 16 year old boys who are not black, who, who say the N word of what's up, what's up my nigga, blah, blah, blah. To, like, and who say the word in um, when, when they're singing songs and what have you. But I think I'm pretty sure if memory serves me correctly, that he came out and he was like, oh, I said that when I was blah, blah, blah. It's not who I am now. Exactly what you what you were saying. And if, mm. if, if I had created any offense, I'm, I'm sorry. So, yeah, pe- people do need to own up to that. And also, like, I'm of the belief that people can change, of course. And if we're going to if we're going to forever. Uh, what's the, what's the turn of phrase I'm looking for? If we're forever going to cast the die of, of over somebody from something that what they did, like, x amount of year ago years ago of course yes there's certain degrees and depending on what you've done then people are never going to change and never going to grow if you know what i mean so mm-hmm. you have to allow people that opportunity and you have to allow people to to be sorry for whatever they've said now in terms of Caitlyn Shikagan and like i i only saw some of the some, some of the tweets i saw like the chocolate daddy ones and then i saw that she um i've well I think there was a tweet saying that um, she was it looked like she was at a wedding or something along with like an Asian lady. And then, yeah, uh, when you're more Asian than your, your friend, then whatever, then clearly to her friend, that's that's acceptable. And that's yes. their, their, that, that's their banter. But mm. still putting it out there, like in, in, in the public domain, it, it, it doesn't sit well with me. And while while I'm inclined to believe that she obviously meant no offense to it and she wasn't, wasn't being racist. I just think, I think it's asinine to be putting th- things out there like that. And to uh, just, well, I've, I, I don't know who am I to comment on their relationship or, or what have you, but again, like all I know is that if one of my friends is to say, Oh, when you're more niggerish than your nigger friend, <laughs> like, do, do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I, I'm going a bit extreme, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But if I know if someone was to say that, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Or like, nah, that that shit doesn't fly. Mm. It doesn't fly. And like, we growing up in the UK, and obviously you're you're a bit older than myself, so this probably would have been a bit more prevalent for you. We've all we've all come across people that have um, that have micro racial aggressions. It was like, well, just things like, oh, or whatever, rather than try and give you a handshake, they'll be like, oh, you're right, geezer, give you a spot and just little yeah. things like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's there's always certain times that where you, you just have to kind of accept it because you don't want to kick up the fuss and you don't want to be the angry black guy and you don't want to, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to cause a fuss. But nowadays, shit like that doesn't fly and i encourage anybody who is experiencing any form of prejudice whether it be sexual orientation or gender or race or whatever to not stand for it whatsoever no you're right but you know just to like underline one thing i don't think that she has changed as an individual she's just recognized that look there were repercussions now to me actually putting that out there and whilst Locally, it might be the in thing and accepted. Worldwide, that doesn't wash with a hell of a lot of people. 
no, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, but again, as as I said, I don't think that she's well, a flaming racist or whatever. No. That, that's that's the term I'm going to use from now on. I don't know if I've just coined that a flaming racist, but uh, yeah, I I just think you just need to be a bit more educated, a bit more careful with what you put out there. Granted, some of the tweets were how long ago? I think some of them were like nearly ten years ago, right? People wow. went back. Mm. Yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty sure people went back, and I know Kairos MMA is uh he's he's a good detective <laughs> he's yeah uh, he, he's worthy of being colombo you you call me colombo man but that 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 brother's uh colombo bodley yeah colombo bodley yes with a k with a k colombo bodley yes that's that's his new name that's his new moniker <laughs> <laughs> over to you my brother what you got on the docket okay so i don't know if you saw the story I think it was it was last month. It was in the wake of the uh, I was about to say the uh, the fight the fight between Jake Paul and Ben Askren, but it wasn't a fight. It was it was a whooping. <laughs> that's what, that's what it was. Let's let's call a spade a spade. And I say that with the greatest respect to Ben Askren. Even he'll admit that he got his ass whooped. Mm. But a certain Mister Oscar De La Hoya, a few days after that fight came out, and he said that he had been in talks to to make a return and obviously, and uh, well, obviously to make a return to fight and mix martial artists. Now, bloody elbow, I believe I can, I can't remember who reported it and it, forget, forget if, if you know, remember the name, just give me a shout out. So then I can, I can tell them they reported that the man who was meant to be standing opposite Mr. Delahoya was none other than George St. Pierre. Coincidentally, it's George St. Pierre's birthday today, 40th birthday, happy birthday to uh, the girl. But it transpired that the reason why, pardon? Was it Trent Ryan Smith who, who penned that? Was it Trent? I am not too sure. I'm not too sure. I, 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 I'll have a look at the article now. I'll, I'll search for it. But it transpired that UFC President Dana White was the one who blocked George St. Pierre, a retired George St. Pierre, from competing against Oscar De La Hoya. Now, it absolutely baffled me when, it, when, when I read this that, the UFC, oh, sorry, that the UFC would prevent George, a retired George, from from fighting Oscar De La Hoya, from making money in his retirement. Okay, it was from Anton Tabuena and John okay. Nash. So shout out to, to those two. Anton and John do fantastic work. Yeah, so Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this. In particular, because George St. Pierre today has come out and he's revealed, he's confirmed the reports that yes, he was indeed slated to fight George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre said, George St. Pierre, he's slated to fight Oscar De La Hoya, man. Yeah, I'm sounding like Oscar De La Hoya on the broadcast there, but anyway. <laughs> All right, George St. Pierre, he told Cinema Blend, he said, I understand that Dana didn't want me to fight. However, it would have been fun because my career as a professional fighter to become the best in the world mixed martial arts is done. I'm turning 40 years old tomorrow. I'm going to be 40 years old. This is a young man's game. He said, however, to rather fight a boxing match under the rules that Triller put against a legendary Oscar de Holler, for me, it would have been a dream come true because he is my second favorite boxer of all time behind Sugar Ray Leonard. Plus, a lot of the money made would have been given to charity. So it would have been for a good cause just to show that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I would have thought it would have been serious competition because you say, I play basketball, I play hockey, but you don't play fighting. It would have been fun. Now, I'm going to break this down into two parts. One, what's your thoughts on Dana White refusing 
denying Georgia, sorry, I shouldn't say refusing, denying Georgia the opportunity to compete against Oscar De La Hoya. One, he's a retired fighter, obviously. And two, what's your reaction to the news that George St. Pierre said that a lot of the money was going, well, was going to be going to charity? I think that this is a long-running feud between Oscar De La Hoya and Dana White. And this is just Dana White taking his toys out the pram and throwing them in Oscar De La Hoya's face and saying, fuck you, you're not having my guy who is still contractually bound, even though he has retired. Yeah. That's what that's about, plain and simple. The fact that this is um, a charity um, boxing match, I've got a feeling that Dana White doesn't give a shit, even if he did know. And this aspect, I think, has only just come to light because of that cinema blend interview yes i don't think it was kind of like presented to dana white as it's for charity yeah I think I probably as soon as he heard the name oscar de la hoya <laughs> words kept coming back to him cocaine it's a hell of a drug and <laughs> it's very expensive i think that's what was in his mind that this was a fight to actually pep up prop up that cocaine addiction yeah. uh that's alleged by Dana White. So <laughs> that's what I think about those two aspects of what you just brought to the table. Yeah, and it's interesting. I saw a lot of people um, were, were saying that, well, how can you block him? He's retired, he's retired. You raised a very good point. George St. Pierre, I'm assuming, is still contractually, uh, yes. contractually tied to the UFC. Hmm. And what makes me believe that is because we all know when George uh, signed signed up to to fight uh, Bisping. I, I'm pretty sure it was a two or three fight deal that um, that was on the table, or maybe just a continuation of 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 his previous deal. But uh, obviously, remember he was meant to fight Robert Whitaker, and then obviously mm. he just ducked out. He had yeah. not he didn't just duck out. Obviously, he had ulcerative colitis and and what have you. There was me there's medical grounds for it. So yes. George is still, he's not owned by by Dana or whatever, but he needs to get Dana White's blessing if he wants to do anything in the combat sports realm, mm. which a lot of people, when I saw people mentioning that fact, they were they were baffled. They were like, what, how? He's, he's retired. He can go and do what he wants. No, he can't because he'll get sued. He, <laughs> he will literally get sued by Dana White. And I agree with what you're saying. I think... I can just imagine the, the conversation. Hey, Dana, I'm going to box uh, Oscar De La Haya. What do you think, man? And then Dana's just just fuming. His, his face is just getting red, just thinking of Oscar De La Haya. Not only that, let, let's also factor in that GSP is not in Dana White's good books. Remember how he left. Remember the terms under which... He basically sauntered off into the sunshine after reassuring and assuring Dana White that he'd be back for the long haul. Yeah, now, yeah. both men are on Dana White's shit list. Yeah, of course, because uh, Robert Whitaker was interim champion at the time, and then George yeah. George uh, George left for medical grounds. But I like look, I don't. I, I had no qualms with George leaving. I know, like, he, he had a serious, serious illness, a life-changing illness, so much so he's had to completely alter his, his way of eating, his diet, and, and, and everything, also of Goliath. And it's something that's going to be with him for the for the rest of his life. So on, on medical grounds, yes, but I can, from the promoter's standpoint, I'd be pissed. So I can exactly. see, I, I can see the point that you're, that you're making there. He's petty. But, he <laughs> is very, very petty. To a certain extent, but yes, I, I think you, you don't get to 
where he where, where he is and you don't have a well it's it's more than four billion dollar company without a degree of pettiness and without a degree of ruthlessness oh, i hear that i hear that yeah. okay but, but anyway no 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 i'm not letting not, not you finish how would have a george st pierre oscar de la hoya fight gone come on this was a um a, what what do they call it an exhibition match this this wasn't going to be any knockouts in this fight. This was just going to be pitter-patter. This was just going to be, look, this is how a boxer looks against a mixed martial artist. Um, friendly sparring. That's how it would have looked. I would Nah, bro. George St. Pierre would have lit Oscar Del Hoya's ass up. And I'm telling you what is. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. George St. Pierre is a lifelong definition. He's a definition of a lifelong martial artist, lifelong martial artist who was always in the gym, forever training, forever improving on his tools. Just a few weeks ago, um, ahead of Askren, Ben Askren against uh, Jake Paul, fuck those guys, Jake Paul and Logan Paul, but um, George St. Pierre, he was just training in Los Angeles for a couple of weeks at the wildcard gym, just improving on his boxing, what have you. And Oscar De La Hoya, it's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, one, of, well, one of the greatest Mexican and American fighters of all time. He has not fought in 13 years. And his, his battles with addiction, which I'm not trying to make, make light of or whatever because it's a serious thing, they've been, they've been well documented. So I think that Oscar would have gone in there fully confident of, oh, yeah, I'll get, I'll get the better of this guy and what have you, but he would have got smoked. Bro, this ain't your first rodeo. How many charity exhibition matches have you sat through? I bet you quite a few. How many times have you seen people lit up, actually crucified, actually gutted, flailed, and actually thrown? Okay, right, all right, 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 right. Not, not, not smoked in the sense of getting knocked out, but you would have. George would have outclassed him. And if it was a real, it was a if it's a professionally sanctioned fight, George would wipe the floor with him, a hundred percent. I'm putting it out there. You can make this the clip that you put out for this as a teaser. You can, I'll take the hate. I'll take the hate. <laughs> Speaking of taking the hate, I know a lot of people do um, shit on Bellator, but, you know, of late, and in particular, this week's card at a Bellator, what is it, 259, yeah. um, has got me kind of like puzzled and scratching my head in terms of the matchups that we've seen here. I mean, just a few actually to do spring to mind and, and jump out at me. Firstly, if we're talking about matchups, why are we seeing Chris Cyborg versus Leslie Smith again? We knew how emphatically Chris Cyborg destroyed Leslie Smith in the first round, giving her a concussion, sending her to the flipping sunken place. We know how that went. Similarly, with Darian Caldwell. We know how that went. Yeah. I mean, Leandro Higo, again, was destroyed by this man. But in addition to that, what kind of like um, strikes me is that some of the matchups on here are ungodly. We've got, um, now I have to say, at the time of actually reading this to you, this was the card that has been presented to me. There may have been some drop pops there may have been some additions but this is the card as i'm reading it now the first one which kind of like rung alarm bells in my head was tyler king 12 and 9 12 and 9 taking on davion franklin 2 and 0 oh. this is a heavyweight bout there's going to be a concussion a knockout and yeah. someone's getting sent to the sunken place and uh have a guess who you think that might be but we move on. 
The next one, which kind of like jumped out at me, made me think Ross Clark was Sardawad, 23 and 13 against Nate Andrews, 16 and three. Now the final one, again, which kind of jumped out at me, made me think, Jesus, was Valerie Lareda, 3 and 0 against Hannah Guy. Two and one. Now we know what's happening with Valerie Lareda. They are building her up, building her up, building her up, padding her record, making sure that she looks spectacular and her opponent basically looks like trash, especially when they're collecting their teeth off the canvas. But my question to you is this Are Bellator the promotion that we look to for these type of squash matches? And are we content given that you and I tune in? In Dave O'Donnell's famous words, for the knockout. Look, man, I, <laughs> Bellator is it, it, it's the it's well, I'm, I'm, it's it's this, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it's the it's the second biggest it's the second most well known mixed martial arts promotion in the world, undoubtedly. Mm. But when it comes to their matchmaking, and when it comes to their matchmaking, they have to start acting like it. They, they they have to look. I'm 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 all for for building up prospects in the um the the, the same way that they do on Dana White's contender series or whatever. But eventually, there's a jump up in competition. Yes, Valerie Relator is she's three and zero, oh and like we get it. They see her as a potential cash cow, and, mm. and what have you potential crossover star. I get that. You you protect your investment, but. <laughs> but there's there's, no, there's also no consistency with this as well because sometimes they'll give they'll they'll make they'll, they'll make these type of matchups but then say uh, two years ago they'll give uh, Fabian Edwards Mike Shipman in a, a a tough fight a tough tough fight so yeah. that's what that's one of the things that that frustrates me with Bellator is that you'll see these matchups just uh, it just and you just think to yourself. What what are we doing here? Well, like who 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 is this serving? Like, are you trying to get more viral knockouts for your socials and to slowly build up your um, your athletes who you're investing money in, or are you just or are are you hard pressed to fill your cards? Like that that's that it kind of reeks of that the the latter to a certain extent for me. But uh, and as you say, like yeah, do we tune in for not? Of course, of course, we tune in for for violence, for baptisms, for people being sent to the sunken place. Of course, we do. But I much rather prefer seeing it when it's two evenly matched fighters. And we were talking about boxing to begin with. Boxing is terrible for this. They will give people uh, when they want to pad people's records. They'll give people bums, man. And there are people who who make a living out of being journeymen. Who, who make a living out of being journeymen, taking a like maybe four or five licks a year or what have you and making bank and it's, yeah. it's just not right it's it's just not right i and i i can't get into that there's only like yeah yes i love boxing as a sport it's, it's it's a sweet science and what have you but sometimes there's some shows that i'll watch and then you just see the records of the opponents and and i'm just like no nah, i can't i can't invest in this and Bellator are a long way from that. I'm, I'm not saying they, they are at that stage, but they need to be careful because if you keep doing that, like the general public will soon see, like it doesn't take much to, to Google and go into topology and what have you. 
and to and to see the records of, of some of these people. So they just yeah. just got to be they just got to be wary. Don't get me wrong, they've they, we've got to give them props where props are due. Some of their matchmaking has been absolutely spectacular as as of late. Um, the the middleweight bout between Fabian Edwards and Costello Van Steenis for, for starters that was a fantastic matchup. Yeah, and obviously Douglas Lima. Uh, I was about to say Douglas Lima against Douglas Lima. Douglas Lima against Gegard Mousasi matchup. Mm. So they've, they've treated us to good fights, but at the same time, uh, you need to kind of, I don't want, I don't want to say get your shit together because that's a real bit. You need to be wary of the matchups that you're, you're putting out there because you don't want to become a promotion that's synonymous with, with uh, putting journeymen against up and comers. Yeah, Definitely. And speaking of the promotion, you spoke to the headliner or one of the headliners of 259. Take it away, my brother. Yeah, I did. I spoke to the one and only, arguably, well, she's she's undoubtedly one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time, regardless of gender. The one, the only, the dominant, well, prior to before she lost, <laughs> Chris <laughs> Justian Cyborg. How are you doing? I'm good. Yes. Great. Um, so are you in the, the hotel quarantining right now during the whole quarantine situation? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So well, well, this is your second time obviously doing it, but how are you, how are you finding the situation? How are you passing the time? You know, usually I always do in the fight a week, I stay in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't like to stay around, walk around. I will stay in my room, focus to the fight. I don't see too much boring me stay in the room because I usually do this. I like to eat at home. I like in the in the hotel. I like to to train in the the room. I like to do everything inside the room. Okay, fair enough. So obviously you're you're fighting Lizzie Smith this this weekend. Uh, um, but I want to go back to your performance against Arlene Blanco in October. How did you assess your performance? Obviously, it was a second round TKO victory. You got out relatively unscathed. How would you assess your overall performance that night? No, I'm really happy about you know the the, the fight. I work a lot of grappling in the fight. In there as well, I work a lot of boxing. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of boxing for the fight. You know, uh, I knew, like, Arlene is a very good boxer. You know, she came from boxing, too. And then we always work a lot of straight, a lot of long time with Virgil Ortiz. And, but I really work on my grappling, too. You know, I say, man, okay, if you understand that I have a little bit struggling, for sure I have the option to go to the ground. And my, but I was feel good in strike, too. You know, I was feel good in stand-up for her, too. But we train a lot, everything, you know, and I see the opportunity for submission. Mm-hmm. And it's been, well, I, 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 if my math might not be correct, but it's been 14 months since you made your, your Bellator debut. I mean, how would you assess your time in the promotion and have you been enjoying your time there so far? Yes, I'm really happy and work with Bellator. You know, I really, I want to fight. And I'm very blessed for having the opportunity to fight the COVID time. You know, I I, I, fought, I fought I fought before the COVID start, like with Julia Bud in January, yeah. and then when the COVID start, okay, I stay a little home. They fight again in October. You know, I feel very blessed. I have the opportunity to fight this moment, and I'm really happy for Bellator. You know, your partner work together. I'm really happy, enjoy the moment. That's good. That's good. And moving on to your rematch with Leslie says, how's your training camp been for it? And you, you touched on it before as well, there that you fought before the pandemic and you fought mid-pandemic. How, is, how have you had to adjust your training camp to well, make sure, obviously, you stay safe and that you also get in the suitable training partners that you need? 
Do you know we we really always straight for you know when you talk to my partners? Okay, please don't go party. Let's keep it stay home. You know, I know it's yeah. too much, but you know everybody take care. The most people is a fighter too. And one sec, I think you can see my black line. <laughs> and then you know most most people is a fighter too. The girls help me camp, and then the guys too, and then so then really. They don't really worry about getting COVID too. They want to be healthy for you when they schedule their fight. So it's not so difficult to tell them, okay, let's focus, let's train, you know, go to a lot of people, you know, you wear the mask. And then, and then it's no have too much hard time, but mm -hmm. you always worry about, you know, getting COVID during the camp. And I had COVID uh, in December, you know, after, after the fight, uh, like in December, I went to Brazil and then coming back with COVID. For me, it was very hard. You know, as I got a very sick, and but uh, after this, you know, I feel good and healthy. Okay, and and how is the camp itself for Leslie Bean this time around? You know, I I like to train everything. You know, and I'm not just a training for. Uh, I always in training. You mm -hmm. know, like I like to train and get improve my game. Ever not just in camp. I, I of course in the camp you will like to make one game plan. You know, for the fight. Okay, who's gonna fight? Okay, how's it work? And but I did an amazing camp. I worked a lot of grappling, a lot of my tie, a lot of wrestling. You know, be prepared and be ready for the fight. MMA. And one question I, I wanted to ask is, at this stage of your career, what are your goals at, the, at this moment in time? Because you've achieved absolutely everything. World champion in multiple promotions. I mean, one of the greatest uh, mixed martial artists of all time, regardless of gender. What motivates you at this moment in time? And what are your goals for the rest of your career? You know, I think it enjoy every moment I step in the octagon. Uh, not gonna have so many, so some more, a lot of years. You know, I'm, this year is gonna be 16 years doing this, and and for me, I enjoy the moment and using my experience when I fight the girls. You now I think you guys see my last fight with Julia Bud or Lynn Blank. You know, we see different cyborg. I think I'm getting better every time I step in the cage and lose my experience for this. And for me, you know, I like. I, I was ever fight. I always um, help to bless another. You know, I help the community. I use my platform for for share my faith with my fans, give hope for them. You know, my uniform this fight is gonna be green. You know, green is I'm gonna mean is hope for everyone. You know, and and I, I I like to do a nice message for my fans. And of course, you know, I but I enjoy the every single moment. And I step in the octagon, and I know they're gonna meet so many, but like 16 years I did, but you know, I enjoyed it every moment. I'm very thankful for continue to be fine in this moment. Like women's MMA is huge now. And you touched on it there. 16 years is a very, very long time. And obviously you constantly train all the time, but training camps, they're very grueling on, on the body and whatever. And there's always a time when you have to come and accept that it might be your time to, to, to walk away. In your mind, when is that time? Is that maybe in three or four years' time, or have you not thought about that? You know, I didn't think about it. What's how long? You know, but I don't believe it's gonna be like six years again. No, it's gonna be like short for sure. You know, but you know, I always take care of my body. You know, I went to Colombia a couple of times for doing stand cells too, and my injuries. Now I feel very healthy too, and I think it's smart training too. Of course, like you're not gonna train crazy like when you're 19, 18. You still train hard, but it's smart training, yeah. you know. And another thing too, very nice to do massage. You know, you do like a PT, but for no getting injury, you know, some some workout, you know, for no getting before to prevent this. 
And I, I work a lot of things too for, you know, for can continue longer my fighter career. And you touched on it there. You said that you've worked a lot on your boxing over the last few years. Now, I know that you, you flirted with the idea you want to go into boxing. You, you want to test yourself because you're a, a mixed martial artist. You want to test yourself on different types of martial arts. Is that something yeah. that you still want to do before you call it a day? Yes, I would do like this is going to be one dream coming true, you know. This year is going to be hard for me because, you know, I have a lot of MMA fights to do. But for sure, you know, I make complaints for next year and I have time to me prepare. But for me, it's going to be on dream coming true. I love cha challenge and I really would like to do one boxing fight for putting my, in my career too. And speaking of boxers, a boxer who you've trained with is going to be making her mixed martial arts debut next month in Clarissa Shields. How do you think that she's going to get on? You know, I'm very excited for Clarissa. I know she's very young. She's, she's can, can, you know, I started training with 19 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and I have any skills for any martial arts. You know, I, I always play handball and running. And for her, it's going to be good because she's already have a little, I already have boxing. You know, she's having to work on her, on other things for defending herself, you know, but I think she's going to do great. And I believe that her, this, her coach is going to be smart too, put the girls starting like her, uh, you know, and for she can do a nice fight. And I'm very excited for this fight. And I know she's really, really dedicated for she do great in her first fight. And for this portion of the interview, I'm going to just ask you some off-topic questions just so you relax, because I know you're speaking to a lot of media members and you get asked the same questions all the time. So I'm going to ask you for some predictions for fights. But seeing as we're on the topic of boxing... I'm going to start with boxing. What's your prediction for Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury? Uh, I think in a big, I, I, I really have, I have to check it out about this fight. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see anything. Okay. If you just had to pick one, just off the top of your head, just randomly. Uh, who's the names? Anthony Tyson Joshua Fury. and Tyson Fury. Mm. I, I want to search more. <laughs> I'll come back Sorry. to you. I'll get that from you another time. Okay. okay. Um, what's your predictions for Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier three? Uh, you know, the first fight was the guy tennis Poirier is very it was very good, but you know, McGregor's getting there. You know, if McGregor training really hard, and I think he I think he's gonna win, but I don't know it's gonna be a good fight. Good fight. Okay, and final one for me, Chris Cyborg against Leslie Smith too. How do you foresee that fight playing out? I believe it's going to be an exciting fight. You know, uh, Leslie Smith, she's a hardcore girl. You know, she likes to fight. She's not the person who likes to quit in the fight. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe it's going to be a lot of violence in this fight. People are going to like to watch. And I'll get one more question in before we go. What improvements have you seen in Leslie since you fought in the UFC? Because that was five years ago. And five years in mixed martial arts development is a very, very long time. You know, I think she, she I think that that, that, that time she's fight was 135, I believe. I don't know if 135. And then I think she accepted to fight me 140. Uh, I believe she have time now because she have a couple fights 145. And I think she's really getting better in the division. And everyone, you know, if you continue training, in five years, you for sure are going to get better and get improved. And for sure, she's a better fighter now, like me, than before. All right, Chris, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Take care and good luck this weekend. Okay, and boom, we're back. We just heard from Chris Cyborg. Mike, what's your thoughts on Chris Cyborg 
well, at this stage of her career, because I, I, I asked her, I said, what's left for you? What's, what motivates you? You're a multiple promotion world champion. You've achieved it all. You, you fought the who's who. You fought everybody who you could in well, all, all the big names in, in your sport, barring Ronda Rousey, because Ronda, for lack of better say she didn't want the smoke. Let's not, let's not be around the bush. So what do you make of Chris saying that she still has a good few years left in her? Oh, 100%. She has got more mileage than most left in her. You've only got to look back on her last few fights to see the ferocity, to see the accuracy, to see the hunger to be the best. It's just like on complete, or it's on, it's, let me start again. We see complete dominance in each and every time that she comes out. In short, man, she is the problem. For me, what I'd like to see her do is to transition into boxing. Obviously, sticking with MMA. I'd like to see her make that that that, that segue into boxing, and you know, or, or possibly uh, when she's ready, and that is um, when Clarissa Shields is ready uh, to come to Bellator. Yeah, no, well, she 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 did touch on that as well, and she said that look, as as a martial artist, it's a, it's a challenge. She's always she's always up for challenges. Mm. But as when it comes to Clarissa, obviously, I don't know if you saw the wild video of them having a, a war, like in a, in 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 sparring. I don't think that fight will come to fruition. I think that they're they're more friends. And to be honest, I think Chris Chris would just take her down and would would beat her. I think I think Chris is Cl- Clarice is big. She's 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 a big girl. She's she's strong. But she's I think hands as well, man. Pardon? She's got fast hands as well. Oh yeah, she's got speed. Yeah, she's got speed. She's got mm. she's got speed. But when it comes to transitioning into boxing and then uh, into mixed martial arts for, from boxing, and then you're going up against an elite level person, it's, it's difficult because you've got so many, so many things to, to worry about. It's like, it's like when Randy Couture for James Tony. Yes, this was a James Tony who was, uh, he was no longer, he was no longer in his prime. In his, he was, uh, James Tony, James Tony is a great. I'm not going to talk ill of him, but James Tony was not in shape for that fight. But he came in just with the belief: "Is like I still got fast hands. All I need to do is land one shot." And Randy Couture ankle picked him, and like, was it a one arm rear naked choke submission victory? If memory serves me correctly, I think it was. But yeah, because he just had him like that. But yeah, I, look. And, and going on, Clarissa, we, we can kind of digress. She makes her debut in a couple of weeks. I think the weekend. Well, yeah, June's yeah. Around the yeah, you're right. Yeah. Is it June 5th that she fights? I it think. is early June. You're right. Yeah. It is June. So, like, I'm really excited because this is a world, world-class athlete coming into mixed martial arts and a multiple-time world champion, multiple-time Olympian coming into mixed martial arts. But the key thing is she is young. She is young, Mike. She has time to develop. And I mean, obviously, developing things like kick dexterity and what have you, you're, you're better served doing that when you're younger than when you're in childhood and in your teens and whatever. But she has plenty of time to pick up all the facets of mixed martial arts. And, and well, I'm not going to necessarily say become a world champion because obviously it, it takes years to do that in mixed martial arts. But... I think she can provide some entertaining fights. And I, I think, well, how old is she? I think she's maybe, is she only 23 or 24? I think she is, or 25 at the most. 25, yeah. Yeah, but we could, like, Mike, in 10 years' time, she could still be fighting and she could be like, she could reach the pinnacle. You, ne- you yeah. never know. So, 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped for it. In, in terms of fight with cyborgs, cyborgs probably going to 
I know she said that she's got plenty of uh, mileage left and what have you, but I think that realistically, I think we might see the end of her within like the next three years. And because she's got nothing else to prove because, sure. because unfortunately for her, the door to the UFC in a uh, rematch with Amanda Nunes is closed. That's firmly closed. That's firmly closed. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I mean, apart from that, she's got nothing else to prove. So sadly, I don't think we'll see her back. And yeah, sadly, I don't think a fight with Shields will happen. But anyway, in terms in terms of fight with Leslie Smith, yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent behind the the, the matchmaking or, or what have you. But then again, we don't know who Bellator are offering uh, offering the fight to Cyborg, uh, offering the Cyborg fight to, and who's saying yes and who's saying no. True, and, hadn't even factored that into yeah. you know, my thought. And the, and the right. thing is as well, like five years, it, it was it was twenty, it was UFC one ninety. What what UFC was it? UFC that Verdum lost the title. I think it might have been when Cipe won the belt. No, it can't be in that long. Yeah, it was. Was it, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long t- Five years is a, is, a, is a long ass time. So Leslie would have made some improvements. But I mean, she's going to be facing a hurricane coming towards her and psychologically being beaten down like that by somebody and then having them come across, well, stare, staring up at you across the cage. It's going to be something tough to get over. And I, I like Leslie Smith, but I don't foresee her winning this fight this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope that she's made some improvements since uh, they met in the UFC. And speaking of UFC, actually, just before we go, mm-hmm. UFC Fight Night, Font versus Garbrandt takes place this coming weekend. I just wondered if there was one uh, matchup off the card, obviously away from uh, the main event that you're looking forward to. Because for me, it's the last, well, actually, um, Claudio Silva versus Court McGee. And the reason why is because Claudio Silva beat my man, Leon Edwards. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. And he's got quite an impressive record considering how long he's been in the UFC, 14 and two. But this is a big step up, if if you ask me, of recent. Uh, opponents that he's he's been facing. So to see how he fares against Court McGee, I'm particularly uh, interested and quite intrigued about that one. How about you? Which 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 one fight or matchup have you got? I'm looking uh, forward to that fight, but let's not also forget that Claudio was gifted a victory against Danny Roberts at UFC London. Remember, yes. remember, remember that tap that was clearly not a tap, but I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm also looking forward to Carlo... Carla Esparza against uh, Jan. I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna butcher her. Uh, butcher her, her. Her name. I can't say it. Jan Jinanan. That will do. It's that, Jan Jinan. I mean, I mean, absolutely no disrespect with my pronunciation. I'm just not well versed. Jan Jinan. Jan Jinan. There we go. Thank you. Okay, that's that's good. I'm not well versed in the uh, pronunciation of, of of Chinese names. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to to that matchup because. It's a pivotal matchup for Carla because I believe she was there was talks of her fighting for the for the strawweight title uh, before they wrote, made Wei Li against uh, against Rose. So it's a win for Carla will well, I, I think obviously solidify her status as a number one contender, and a win for Yan will she'll steal Carla's thunder, and then well she could perhaps exact revenge for her fellow countrymen and women in uh, in uh, in Wei Li. 
but I'm sure that's obviously not going to be in the forefront of her mind. It's she's her own person, or you you know what I mean. But yeah. anyway, so it that that that's a battle of prospect against uh, against stellar veterans. So that's going to be an interesting fight. And before we go, what's your thoughts on the on the main event? Because this is that's it's a tasty fight. It's a tasty. I might get up for. I might get up. For, I might set my alarm for whatever time four forty five and <laughs> wake up for it. Rob Front all day. I am a firm believer that this notion that, that you can just shake off COVID is a myth. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt's been living with long COVID for the longest while. And I really do feel that people are underestimating the devastating effect that COVID has on your health and your wealth and your well-being long term. I just don't feel as though, you know, this is the time for Cody Garbrandt to be fighting, considering that he's openly admitted what the effects of long COVID are. Rob Font, on the other hand, doesn't have that to contend with. Rob no, Font all day. That's very, that's very true. And yeah, I, I believe, well, when did Font fight last? Well, Co- Cody's nearly been off a year, actually, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because when was that... Um, was it UFC? It was UFC two fifty one. He last he last four. It was not two fifty one. Two fifty when he knocked out a Sun Sao with the with the buzzer beater, and as you say, the, the devastating effects of, of long COVID. Like just people I know. Like I was out for for dinner with my uh, my fiance and her friends yesterday, and her, um, her 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 friend had COVID, but she well she's recovered obviously, but she's still saying that sometimes she feels like she's breathing heavy and it's hard it's, and her cardiovascular endurance isn't isn't the same as what it was or it she can still run the same distance she can but it's harder or what have you so yeah I can't imagine how that is going to be like when you're fighting let 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 alone just doing any sort of exercise so I mean. I'd love to see Cody get get the get the nod, but Rob Font just looked so good in his last fight. It looked yeah. phenomenal. I mean, those those New England cartel boys. I mean, I mean they're phenomenal. Obviously, Calvin Cater had the, the loss to Max Holloway, but there was no shame in that. But I'm 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 with you. I'm picking I'm picking Rob Font to get the job done. Okay, well that wraps up shots fired. Let's put these. Uh these pistols back in their holsters and uh, call it a day. But uh, more than likely, you'll be able to catch up with us with the full crew next week. So until then, enjoy the fights. Peace, people.